My name is Pedram Kawarzamini. I'm playing the tombak. I'm an Iranian musician. I was born in Tehran in 1975 and I play tombak with, with the Sivan project since 2006 or 7. I don't remember exactly, probably it's 7. My family, the, all, of, all of them, they love music. We used to sing, we used to dance, because my uncle, he used to play any instrument, you know, just like that, you know, you gave him an instrument and he began to find how it makes sound. He was a genius guy, but uneducated. And so, always he, he brought something to play in, uh, <laughs> in those kind of gatherings. I began to play from back when I was 16 years old. It's a bit late for playing an instrument, but that was one opportunity which I could have the actual instrument on my lap. The funny story is that I never thought about any kind of percussion, but I was in love with kamanche, which is a fiddle instrument. When I was born, it was just four years before the revolution. And after the revolution, the new Islamic government, they were completely opposed of any kind of cultural activities, especially music. Because music has lots of protection from the royal family before uh, the revolution. I'm not a royal, it's just I'm telling the story what happened. Then they got the power. So they were trying to really destroy everything which was some sort of royal dynasty uh, signs, symbols, or whatever got the protection from them, found whatever. Many music shops, they've been shut down and some of them just they escaped the country even, or they changed their business. So even to find an actual instrument was one of the <laughs> uh, in, impossible tasks for parents or anyone who wanted to have an instrument. So that's why Kamancha wasn't available at that time. So someone knew another one and another guy knows another one. And through these kind of connections, you could find finally an instrument, but extremely expensive. And uh, my uncle found a tombak and he bought it. And he said, okay, keep playing with this one. Whenever we find a good Kamancha, we're going to buy it for you. <laughs> so, but that day changed everything because I took this instrument and I fell in love. So, and I began to play tombak. Before that also, you know, I used to play, you know, to, uh, just on the table, on the door, things like that. But nothing serious. Actually, my uncle, he was in love with music around the revolution. He was almost like 20 years, 25 years old. And, and before that, he used to collect the instruments in my grandparents' house. And actually, they were in trouble after the revolution because, you know, uh, the IRGC attacked their house and they took everything and, and they beat my uncle. So he was just one person in the whole family who, who loved music, collected musical instruments. We passed through a difficult time, if I want to tell you honestly what happened to us. I had to hide my instrument when I was going to the house of a teacher. 
that every week you have to go and learn for, for something like a half an hour there. And uh, it was totally private, uh, the lesson. So if I was supposed to take my instrument with me, I had to hide it in anything which doesn't show you're carrying an instrument. So I found, uh, you know, this kind of huge packet which contains cement inside. So uh, I made a handle on one of them so I could just hide my instrument inside so no one could understand what's going on inside. I was just carrying it like just at the beginning, you know, for any kind of teenage person, I think it's not an, uh, it's not a pleasant to, to begin to learn an instrument. And it's, it's quite sad, but I'm very happy that I could pass through all of them. Inside the family, the culture of music was very important. But if I want to insist on one point, I can say my, my father didn't like at all that I play an instrument professionally because of the situation in Iran. He wasn't a religious man, completely opposite. But always he said, look, in this society, if you want to progress with all those things which is going around with the regime and, and the stupid policy of them, the music has no future. So you should think for something serious. Probably. But anyway, I was a bit stubborn and I had some uh, behind the curtains help from my mom. So <laughs> then I began to play more and more. And yeah, they like it. And, you know, oh, I liked it too. So I, I kept going, you know, with, with many difficulties. I mean, just, you know, when your father doesn't like you to do something, and especially an Eastern father which has authority on you, so it's, it's very difficult. And you should pass through all those regulations which he makes very sneaky, in a sneaky way. But, you know, we did it, finally. <laughs> I went to a friend's house who played a tar and that was something like between 25 to 30 years ago. And I think I was probably 17 years old. I remember we went to his house with another friend who also brought an instrument and uh, we went there to play with this guy. He was older than us and he was quite a good player. So that was a very good experience for us. We were really happy, and then when he left his house, that was quite late at night, something like 10 at night, probably. And at that time, we had lots of, we call it, religious place. So it's almost like there are some militia that they were working for the Revolutionary Guard, and usually those people were absolutely nasty. You couldn't, you know escape from them because they block they make a blockage on the road and also they they check every cars every peaton everyone who was you know a bit probably suspectable for them so and i was carrying my instrument like that and a friend of mine he didn't have his instrument with him at that time because the tar also is, is, a, is a large instrument so you cannot hide it in, in any kind of a special bag. If you have a car, probably you can do it. But when you're walking, no, you can't. 
he was carrying some video tapes with books. And they asked us to stop because we were walking. And two young, we called them Basij. They asked us to stop. And first, they didn't check my bag. They asked him, what are you carrying with him? And he said, I have some books. And the guy just opened his bag and was looking what's inside. And he found a tape. You know, at that time, you were not allowed to have any kind of videotape, any kind of, I mean, media player. Uh, we didn't have CD at that time because it was just the, the old cassettes and also the VHS tapes. And they began to beat my friend right in front of me. And uh, that, that was quite shocking for me because I couldn't uh, see such a thing. You know, I was scared and... Uh, 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 fortunately, they didn't find the instrument and they didn't check it, you know. And uh, they were just beating my friend. And then uh, the other guy, they came and they said, okay, give us what, whatever you have in your bag. You are not allowed to carry these books and you are not allowed to have these tapes. Leave everything for us, then you can go. So we were lucky that they let us go because some people, they could get in, in trouble easily. You know, they could go to jail. It was one of the worst memories that I have from my teenage. You know. Imagine that you know those guys, you know, with, with gun in the street. You know, they stop you. They are probably three, two years older than us, but they were a gang, so they had power, and you couldn't say anything because you could get killed, or you could be in trouble for the rest of your life for nothing. It was almost during the end of the war between Iran and Iraq. Uh, lots of aggression. You no. Know, so that was really bad. Yeah. It gives me more courage. And uh, I said, okay, I hate those guys. I hate the situation. There is just one thing that makes me happy and keep playing this instrument. So uh, F word to all of them. I'm doing whatever I want. That, that's why, regardless of any consequence of this act, I keep playing. I don't care, honestly, so because it makes me happy. What do I have to be happy at that time? We were not happy in the school. We were not happy in the streets because we were not safe. Uh, the situation was getting worse in the war. Every week we had some missiles and rockets and bombarding by Iraqis and also our government was uh, ruining the life for everyone. So what makes you happy? That's a bad thing which happened to us and no one talked about that. It was just for a short period and then it vanished quite quickly and no one was following up what's going on in the Middle East. And that's a reason which pisses many people off even now because when we were in trouble, no one talked about that. When Afghans were in trouble and are in trouble, no one talks. Iraqis as well. Look what's going on in Syria. But it's enough. You see, uh, in Ukraine, for, in for instance, I'm very sorry for whatever happening there. Someone dropped a bomb or killed two civilians or I don't know, even hundreds or thousands. So all the media is going to pay attention. So why? Because we don't have blue eyes or because we have a cheap petrol and everyone wants to steal it. You know, it's so stupid what's going on in Libya, what's going on in Palestine, what's going on in, in Iran now. No one talks about that. No one.
because we say our blood is not red enough for the other people. At that time when I was a kid, it was just one weapon on my hand, my instrument. So I could resist with peace. That's all. That's why I kept playing. It was one reason. Being against all those things and also it made me happy. It is still making me happy.